0: What we do here is go back, back,
1: back, 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 Welcome. Welcome to The of Sold Separately, a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing human beings who tune in every single week. I appreciate you guys. I, I always say we're like the Passionate, anti-status quo, non-conformist crew. <laughs> Basically, anybody that's trying to carve out their own path and figure out that they're the niche, and that um, you know, uh, it's it's really all about your journey. And um, I, so many of our listeners are artists and producers and creatives and entrepreneurs and innovators and. You know, uh, for any of my newer listeners, it's nice to have you here. I'm Matt Gottesman. You can reach me at Matt Gottesman on Instagram. Um, But, you know, my original uh, folk here would tell you uh, we don't glamorize success. I cannot do that for you. And I say this every single episode uh, passionately because success has to be something you determine yourself. I can't give that to you. None of us can give that to you. Now, society might try to, and there's a lot of externalities <laughs> that might be thrown at you that say this is a metric that you can quantify for yourself for success. It's an inside job. And so my goal with the show has been and always will be that I bring on guests to talk about what are they who are they in the process of all that they bring to the world? Who are they in, you know, whatever season that they're in? Sometimes it's their first venture, their 50th venture. Sometimes, um, you know, it's all like a whole new novel of a season. And, um, but what are they experiencing in real time? What are they really passionate about and what are they bringing and serving to the world? Because, um, you know, when people talk about success, I say, what ending? <laughs> There's only one way out. Uh, so, you know, it's a continual process is the journey. Uh, so I appreciate having you guys here. Thank you for the 7 million downloads. I've got another incredible guest. Uh, and Her name is Deanne Chomiak. Uh, did I get that right? By the way, you're-
0: You did. Perfect. First time. Beautiful,
1: beautiful. I remember you, you know, tell me once before, but she's a former investment EVP, a writer, phenomenal writer, an entrepreneur and a founder of philosophy of leisure. I've officially given it away there on here at philosophy of leisure. I know you guys love when I put that stuff up on my stories, I get it like hearted so many times, Um, you know, that's, uh, she brings just such incredible content to the world. Um, And uh, you know, we, I found her uh, last year And it just, it spoke to my soul. You guys know a lot about the kind of content. um, I I believe in this, the concept of creativity, soul's work, time, flexibility, um, you know, not burning yourself out, not defining yourself from what we've been told we should do, uh, but more so from what we understand who we already are. And, uh, you know, Deanne's, been great at helping others reverse engineer work, rest, play, and money for less striving and more ease and for the good of themselves and the planet. And she does a phenomenal job at it. And if you watch her content and you read it and you absorb it, uh, or you're one of her clients, I don't, I have a few people, I think on here that probably at this point (laughs) have maybe gone to her, um, you know, you, um, understand that we have to have, we have to have an intentional relationship with the life we want to create. And it is our responsibility. And we do have to sometimes slow down. And we do a lot of times actually have to slow down to speed up the other areas that matter most. And we do have to remove the trivial many for the vital few. And, um, you know, our health and our happiness is actually, it's extremely important. And by the way, it does produce all the other Quote unquote things, you know, in an external world for you when you put those things first. And so uh, I'm so grateful to have her on the show. Deanne, thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Matt. I know we uh, really waited a long time to finally get this put together and I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, we spoke the other day and you're so knowledgeable and there's so much wisdom and so much uh, calmness <laughs> it's a calm nervous system I mean and, and it's also you know your your life there's a lot of your current life's work um, and also from a lot of experience I would love if you could tell the audience like how did we get here because um, a lot of people who are familiar with your work are like what'd you figure out <laughs> like how did you you know what's going on how did like how do you know you know these things and so I would love if you can just you know you can go as far back as you'd like but um how did we get here
0: well, thank you very much for that question. It's a good one. Gosh, um, you know, I'd like to say that I'm just super smart and I did all the right things and you know knew the direction, but that would be a total and complete lie. I um I did all the stupid things, made all the big mistakes, uh ran into a million different brick walls, and finally got it through my head that I was on the wrong path. So um it kind of all started out as a kid. I am the one in the family that's the high achiever, the overachiever, the perfectionist. I did everything right. I was you know, straight A's and cheerleader and, and, you know, student body um, president and you name it, I I did it. And I really loved it. And I just kept kind of going at a faster and faster and faster pace um, all the way through my career until, you know, one day I found myself in a situation that I really thought was just the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I, was the first woman to run an investment distribution company in America. Um, I was living at the Ritz Carlton in Chicago and, you know, Jimmy Choo trunk shows and you name it, um, really more than I ever dreamt. And, um, and I was completely empty on the inside. I just did not have that joy of life that I'd always had. And so just like a lot of you know, 40 somethings, um, I thought, okay, it's burnt out. I'm burning out and I've got two choices. I can either stay here as many people in that industry do and kind of become one of those bitter muttering old people, (laughs) (laughs) or I can, you know, chuck it all in, go off the grid and raise chickens or, you know, do something like that. And, um, I decided it was time to walk away. It was 2008. There was a big downturn in the economy and everything, all of the, the events just kind of came together um, that I knew I needed to, I needed to look for something different. So I packed a suitcase and just decided to hit the road and I, for a year, I just lived wherever the wind blew me trying to find that kind of causeless joy. I call it that I had when I was a kid, that joy that comes from nothing at all, not from something you bought, not from something, some achievement, not from a great party you're going to or a vacation you're looking forward to, but just because. And, um, so I, you know, went to lots of places. I volunteered in Barbados and South Africa. I, um, just enjoyed food. I I think I ate and drank my way through Italy. Um, I, yeah, as you do, as one does, (laughs) (laughs) I hung out in France. I just anywhere, anywhere that struck my fancy that I thought something interesting was going on or that people had the secret. And, um, And it really kind of showed me what we miss in America. I think there are a lot of great things about the United States, but that there are some things that we really miss. And that's where I found that, you know, as a workaholic, as I had been for years and many, most of my clients are workaholics as well, that. I would work more and more and more and push out all the things that actually are proven to bring humans happiness, things like connections and relationships and giving back and being present and and paying attention to your health. I had pushed all of those out to make more money, and um, that was the big secret. So I decided to come back and and, uh, form Philosophy of Leisure, which, by the way, is the name of a book. Um, and a philosophy by Joseph Pfeiffer, who is a, a philosopher, and he basically said, you know, that being busy will not only ruin us, but ruin our world and ruin our culture. So here we yeah. are. Yeah, and right. I met you, and and uh, you were nice enough to invite me onto your show. So thank you again.
1: Well, you know, there's a lot in there in, in inviting you on too, because I, there's a lot of things we're not taught in school. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of in all uh, f- uh, forms of education, from grade school all the way up to you know master's degrees and PhDs, and um, we put such an emphasis on um, the money and quote unquote being responsible, but not actually taught that being responsible is is actually understanding internally who you are and what you're here to do. Um, And it's unfortunate too, because then there's the extreme opposite that sometimes happens, which people say, oh, so, you know, but if I dream and I just build off of the things that feel right to my soul, like, well, how will I live? And, oh, you know, that's, I can't make money that way. And you're like, no, you were told you can't make money that way. Mm -hmm. You were just told that you can't make money unless you do these routes really is what you're really told. Um, But No, actually being of service to this world um, is a way to make great money, especially if you are really um, in your lane uh, and zone of genius and uh, talent and skill and all these things. And, And then on top of that, when we put our health first, oh, man, like, We can do that much more within the very gifts and talents that we have. You know, we can show up even in the jobs that we have for these companies as well, too. And it's unfortunate they don't teach that.
0: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. The, the reason that I reverse engineer, that I kind of deconstruct people's lives and put these okay. things in first is because um, those are the things that give us energy. Work drains our energy. So if you're a golfer, it's like, you know, they say you build up your game on the range and then you break down your game on the course. Well, the same thing is true in our life. We really build up our energy and our resources and our creativity and our innovation and our passion through living through our relationships and and through the things that, again, you know, really give us all that we need. And because we put those things in first, and I do put them in first so I can try and squeeze down people's work hours. So a lot of people come to me, they're running multiple businesses, they're working 12, 14, 16, 18 hours a day. And I really try to squeeze those work hours down and I make them choose the things that they love doing or that really move the needle. And what we find are much more engaged um, employees and business owners and entrepreneurs. And they actually love what they do again.
1: Something you said the other day that I thought I I I definitely want you to expand on, Mm -hmm. which is this idea of, preparing when you know change is coming mm. because you you help them during the so uh so for everybody listening we were discussing um a lot of the age range that deanne um works with mm. and that you know i can and, I, and then i can speak for myself i actually absolutely every single time know and i'm like oh wow that's done i'm actually mm. going i just i just completed one uh, i'm i'm Getting the last components up out of it, and uh, and it, it happens. We we know when we are switching to another season, and that's not always easy because we have invested an identity into that. Whether we are known globally, locally, whatever it might be, but we are we are known in that particular you know particular uh, path, or we've become comfortable of what that has provided us and but it's no longer serving us or serving our greater picture and so that you know when change is coming
0: Mm
1: -hmm. that transition is phenomenal
0: (laughs) i don't know what to call it one way to put it yeah
1: it's it's an interesting observation like on one hand it shakes up your entire world and your nervous system on the other hand it is the most freeing unbelievable thing And that's the best way I can ever tell anybody is I'm like, well, on one hand, I'm like, oh, this just feels especially as you get older. I I can feel like, oh no, this is so right. right. And they like and they say that like while you're laughing, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. They're like, How do you feel? I'm like, oh, I I'm going crazy right now because I just like all this over here. Like, and they're like, wow, like, how do you deal with it? I'm like, well, that's faith and then inaction and that's responsibility. And because I know I'm responsible to me and to everybody else that gets the output from me showing up in this world. So I have to, I have to participate. I have to figure it out. I can't just allow it. And then also that makes me unhealthier. And then the more self-aware you are, you're like, Ooh, I, you know, I can't plead ignorance. Yeah. So.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, the really, um, brilliant Arthur Brooks calls it the striver's curse. Um, so, so yeah. <laughs> So people that end up being very successful, um, it's, it's hard to let go. And you know, eventually it's going to end, whether it ends, you know, in in burnout, whether it ends at the at retirement, um, anybody that's done really well in their chosen field. And my clients, by the way, are not just corporate people. I have, you know, entertainers and artists and entrepreneurs, you name it. It's, it's the same. It's a human condition, to be honest. Um, But if you've done well, it's, it is going to be hard to lose that, that part of your identity. And so um, the age range that I work with is really quite broad. I have some really clever 20 year olds and 30 year olds saying, you know, I don't know what I want, but I know I don't want what my parents did. And so they're trying to find the glide path to not have that midlife crisis and the burnout. (laughs) I really applaud them for being so much smarter than I was in those years. Um, And then I have, you know, the 40, 50 and 60 year olds that are either, um, you know, in the midst of burnout or they can tell that their their intelligence that going from fluid intelligence that you have in your teens and 20s to more the crystallized intelligence or the wisdom and that and that desire to help others. Is is coming upon them, and so we're helping them redesign their lives and and build new businesses, create new new enterprises that that will serve not only themselves but um, others as well for for the rest of their lives. To be honest, we really you know work on sustainable businesses, um, helping people create sustainable businesses so that they can because no matter what, I mean, we all think that having nothing to do, being retired, and all of that is is just ideal. I've retired twice and I've come out twice because earned success again is one of those things and helping other people is one of those things that we just really need as human beings.
1: I fundamentally think we have to constantly be curious and in movement Mm -hmm. and of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how we occupy our time, <laughs> you know, is so I think that that's why the retirement thing sometimes doesn't seem to work out so much um, because we're 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 souls here mm-hmm. to create and build and um, and nothing wrong with it. Now, how that gets, you know, um, used, I think is 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 everything. And um, I was I think I mentioned to you, I was reading the book Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McKeown. And- That's
0: a great book. Mm-hmm. Oof,
1: did that set me even more on fire? I didn't get to that book until this year. And no. um, I was already on that path, but I was like- this makes sense. And for anybody listening, it was how do you give up the trivial many for the vital few? And basically, the trivial many is this 90% of everything is unimportant. <laughs> we give our we give so much importance to so many things that we're doing so many things in a very busy manner without kind of the intentional direction if you will or the clarity of of you know even or even to some creatives and entrepreneurs yeah like we the vision is very strong but every now and then we actually can get swept away with a lot of the tasks and a lot of the the the, the things that come in the journey we actually have to take it. constantly keep trimming the fat always and um it's interesting how quickly the fat can come when, <laughs> when you're not careful right
0: We are we are the generation of overchoice. That is Alvin Toffler, a great futurist wrote, you know, that, you know, you think about even 100 years ago, people didn't people weren't wealthy enough to have, you know, meat and sweets and fresh fruit every day. They had, you know, maybe two or three outfits. Um, Gosh, you go to one restaurant, go to Cheesecake Factory, not to call out Cheesecake Factory, but it's just pages or go to buy a pair of jeans. There's walls of blue jeans. And so this over choice and we somehow it's, it's happened so slowly that we think we have to take advantage of everything that's available. But the more you take advantage of, the more you buy, the more you, you know, take on different um, um, you know clients or projects as an entrepreneur, the more you tour, if you're an entertainer, the more you do, the less value there is and the less good you get out of it. And so, you know, this idea of, you know, I, I use the, you know, use a 20 slot rule for your life, which is, you know, Warren Buffett's investment strategy. If I told you, you could only pick 20 stocks for the rest of your life, you'd be awfully choosy. Well, what if I told you, you could only have 20 friends or 20 mm-hmm. pieces of clothing, you would think long and hard, and you would slim down your life to things that really, really make you happy.
1: When people are moving into that, when you've seen people moving more into this kind of um, this change, Mm -hmm. um, you said when you switch, it's not a failure, but switching to a new intelligence. Mm -hmm. People really struggle, we all have. Mm -hmm. Am I being a failure? Am I giving this thing up? Why didn't it work out? And you're like, well, who said it didn't work out? It actually worked out perfectly and is contributing to this next thing up here. Um, but we get so in our heads sometimes that we can look at it as like, oh, you know, if I stop now, um, you know, as a failure, I'm like, well, you can get out on top. So <laughs> you know, I, I usually view it. I'm like, well, oh, we had a we had a great run, so I'm just getting out on top. You know, uh, as evidenced by this year on one thing. You know, <laughs> so I'm like, it was a great two and a half years. I'm like, good night.
0: <laughs> oh, it's it's so true, and um, you know, we do view burnout or, you know, being laid off or whatever as a failure, but, um, you know, sports analogy again comes through, you know, do, do I want to be Brett Favre or do I want to be somebody like Roger Staubach that, you know, goes out gracefully and, and moves on to the next phase of their life and they're, they're, the next phase, each phase is just assimilating everything that you've learned before and so it should and does move you forward if you let it, if you don't see it as a failure, but yet another batch of knowledge, another batch of skills, another batch of people, wonderful people in your life that you then carry into the next chapter and the next in business endeavor, then you're always just going to be building, you know, strength from, from strength to strength and building on everything you've done before. It's It's by design. In other words, to answer your question, it's not a failure. That's the design.
1: And, you know, one of the things that I know you can relate to on that, and if I would love it if you shared this story with my audience, which was you were offered Mm -hmm. like a major, um, -hmm. monetary, um, you know, uh, Offering, if you will, <laughs> you were offered a monetary upgrade. <laughs> You're, I mean, you were offered this incredible opportunity, uh, mm-hmm. monetarily and in something that you had done for, you know, it'd been part of your your life's work before and all this, and you ended up saying no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Can you talk so, about that?
0: During that year that I was traveling the world and doing different things, I had been called to um, to apply for another job in San Francisco, and my younger son was going to college there at the time, so I. I flew in and and just, you know, by by complete fate, um, I ended up meeting a man that I ultimately married, an Englishman who uh, was there for meetings with Cisco Systems. And I ultimately moved to England. But um, when he took his next rotation, he asked if we could move back to America full time. He'd always wanted to live here. So we did. And as soon as I landed on U.S. soil again, I started getting calls about different roles. And one of them was just cr- like the pinnacle of investment jobs as far as you know, I was concerned. And I talked to the people, the recruiters. I talked to the company. And I just couldn't do it. I'd been out then by that point for three or four years. I was loving my life. I was doing a lot of coaching and consulting in Europe. and um, But I had this tremendous guilt. Like why, you know, I'm I'm so ungrateful. Like people would give their right arm for this job. Why can I not make myself take this job? So I called my um, wonderful godmother in Dallas. She's a psychologist there. And I told her what was going on. And she said, so let him have it. And I said, what? She goes, so let somebody else have the job if they'd give their right arm. She says, you've done it. It's somebody else's turn. And I don't think up until that point, Matt, it had ever occurred to me that I could turn down a promotion or a job or a project that, you know, I had been taught and many of us have been taught that you just keep taking every single opportunity, um, no matter what it's doing to your health or your life. And that was a real turning point for me. Um so, yeah, it's and and I see that with many of my clients, most clients, especially my corporate clients, you know, once they reach the C-suite, uh, they'll ask you know me one question, do, do I ever regret it? And I can honestly say, never, <laughs> not one day have I ever regretted moving over to the to the light, left, leaving the dark side and moving to the light.
1: you know and and I I brought up the other day to you when you tell me that story that the post I had said about sometimes it's not the opportunity it's the uh, or it, it, the opportunity isn't the money, just the money that sometimes it's the ability to turn it down if it's not in alignment with your values or or where you're heading or what you would rather or what you feel in, internally and that actually opens up to so many other opportunities. and so I love I love you sharing that because I think that's a hard thing for a lot of people sometimes and they're like, you know, oh, but I was offered this money. I'm like, but do you want it? I'm like, no, of course I do. I'm like, not the money. Of course you want the money. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. but do you want it? And when you make them, you know, when they you, you make yeah. people feel into their soul, they go, Well, I mean, you know, it, well, it's a lot more hours, and it's and it's this. And well, I'd always kind of dream that I want to do this, and well, and technically this, and you, it's it's interesting when you can kind of remove the the tangible external and make people feel into it a little bit more, um, you know, luckily you were just kind of like, you were exploratory on a feeling. Yeah. And I just wish more people were exploratory on the feeling. And I, and believe me, I get it. I'm not telling anybody what to do oh. <laughs> that, you know, in terms of and turning I said, it down.
0: I made all those mistakes before. So we, yeah. we obviously know that I made, you know, bad choices before that to keep, continue yeah. taking promotions. So right. yeah, everybody has to reach their point, but I'll put an exclamation point on that story. Um, probably six months later, my wonderful husband of only five years was diagnosed with stage four cancer, and I lost him a few months after that. And the number of times that I thought if I had taken that job, I would have lost all that precious time because I would have been traveling nonstop. And working if I was home, um, so there wasn't a day that went by that I silently didn't just again thank my Godmother for giving me that that great change of perspective because I I was home working from home and and got to take care of him and spend every single second with him.
1: I actually have chills when I when I hear that. Um, mm-hmm. Oof, you know, I we sometimes all the time we, we can't connect any dots until we get to the future. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think the, I know that trusting in our, our gut and in Mm -hmm. our intuition, Mm -hmm. um, if you're patient enough, which I know we all have to learn it, you'll get, you'll get the answers why, you know, later on. And there doesn't have to be, I preach this all the time. There doesn't have to be data in the feeling you just have to trust and have mm-hmm. faith in that, right? Which you were talking to me the other day about anchoring in faith. I would love yeah. for you to expand on that.
0: Yeah. So um, when we look at the things that really drive happiness in human beings, number one is is faith of some sort, and it can be traditional religion, it can be you know a philosophy, it can be um, a prayer practice, it can be you know all sorts of things, whatever faith means to you. But it's this sense that Um, it's a sense of of hope and it's taking you outside of your own head. You know, so many of us really get caught in overthinking and anxiety and, you know, in our own brains all of the time. And um, two things, both faith and giving back to others really take us out of ourselves and give us hope. And they remind us that we're part of something much bigger. And that's really the secondary purpose of philosophy of leisure is that, you know, everything that I do to take care of myself and to heal any wounds that I have um, really make me a better citizen, a better member of my family, my community. It makes me a more conscious consumer. I'm, I'm much more into minimalism than I've ever been in my life. So yeah, faith brings that hope but it takes us outside of ourselves and reminds us that we're all connected and we're part of something much, much bigger. And I know you and I have, have briefly touched on some political stuff. I won't go into that, but I, I do think that that's one of the ways back for us and, yeah. You know, is realizing we are all connected.
1: Yeah. You know, um, exactly. I'm not, I'm not, I'm you know, that last point, especially what I am finding with, Much of a good amount of humanity at this point is there's no way out, is there? I'm like, so it's only way, the only way is through. And I'm like, yep, like, so I got to kind of have a better relationship with myself. I'm like, probably. Yeah. So I got to kind of get a little bit more connected. I'm like, that might be a start. And I think you're starting to see a lot more of that now because. I mean, at an individual, I basically said that watching what happened in 2020 on, um, you know, people were, what they, they said, you know, do you understand, you know, what's going on? I said, oh, well, I had my own independent, um, <laughs> you know, kind of deconstruction <laughs> you know, eight yeah. years prior. And they're yeah. like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, you're just witnessing it in a collective. And okay. they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. And I was like, the difference was when I was going through it, you, I had my small circle who really kept me in the game, and they kind of have the rest of the world going like, "Oof, everything's gonna be okay." Good luck yeah. to you, yeah. you know. And and they kind of understand, but they mostly don't, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and so somebody asked me, this was like in 2020. They're like, and now I'm like, now they're all going through it. They're like, and you? I'm like, nope. But but empathetically, yes. Um, the beautiful part is now we get to show up no matter how much. Maybe others struggle or, have, or resist or have any of the, the issues where they're like, look, the way out is through it, it, for all of us. That's why, you know, and, and it's actually a good life if you allow it to be and participate in it from, you know, a different, you know, from, from a, a different place from doing that, that work. And then also, you know, having this faith of, you know, look, if I understand what I feel, well, now I can understand uh, my knowing, and if I have a knowing, that's faith in action. Um, and people always say, Well, how's it gonna turn out? I'm like, I'll let you know, <laughs> you know. But I know, but fundamentally, we we do know. I think it's just that's requiring a lot of letting go of control, and I would imagine that a lot of your clients in all the areas, it is a control. I can I will speak candidly for myself, I know that. Um, I never controlling other people, not in the cards for me. I have no desire. Like yeah. people who want to do that. I'm like, wow, like that. Okay. You're Whatever. I, I, yeah. Good. Best of luck to you. For me, the letting go of control is um. I don't have to make it harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to do it all by myself. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, don't have like there's this sort of this controlling of like, no, I, I need to, you know, in order to make this outcome happen. And it's like, actually there's stuff way greater than you that's happening that can happen. And you don't like just even moving in the energy of it and allowing and receiving and the give and, and take and that and the reciprocity of that, all these things, it's actually a lot better, especially when you're operating from your gifts, it's way different. It's yeah. way different, but we, you know, we get into control issues of our, the world that we think we have to create and um, and, uh, and it doesn't have to be harder. Yeah. So do you deal with yeah. control issues a lot? <laughs> oh,
0: no, never, never, never. Not my own, nor any other clients. Um, no, I think when we have our own agenda, then sometimes it's, it's often difficult to see, you know, where opportunities are for both success as well as helping others. And, um, you know, if the two things collide even better, which I am a firm believer that no matter what you do, you can serve others. I, remember as a young stockbroker going out to dinner with my dad, who was very successful in a different field and saying, you know, telling him all these clients I was helping. And I just, you know, really was so excited about what I was doing. And he said in his big Texas drawl, Deanne stockbroker is not a philanthropic work. And I said, you know, dad, everything is, if you do it right. I mean, we all know when we go into a store and there's somebody that's really happy to help versus somebody that kind of scoffs at us, or if we're in a restaurant, or if we're at the doctor's office, or wherever we are, anything can be an act of service and, you know, really you know, take us out of that control agenda that we each have, that this is how things are going to be. And, you know, I'm going to get all the things that I want out of life and I don't really care if anybody else does. So, um so yeah, I, I think control is again, another place that most people need to heal. I think we talked the other day, you know, um, many of my clients are still trying to prove that they're good enough to somebody. Um, even if that person has since died. Um, so again, you know, a lot of my work is, you know, just getting people to do, as you said earlier, ask them, is this really what you want? Or are you doing this for someone else or Mm -hmm. because of someone else?
1: And, you know, everybody listening, I, I, I told Deanne that I, I, you know, I myself even went to that, went through that, um, with my father, may he rest in peace, you know, years ago, um, just more out of, you know, some, we we can easily get into a place of um, proving ourselves or saying you know um, value has when this outcome has happened, and it's not true. Yeah. It's absolutely not true. And I was I was very fortunate that my father gut checked me very hard uh, when he was in the hospital. And uh, but yeah, it's it's it can happen. You know, where we whether we want the validation from the world at large that I am this good at this identity that I am, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, look at what I've been able to accomplish or, uh, you know, uh, you know, against all odds, look what happened. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, letting that go and actually finding peace in the journey. Uh, once I pursued peace and uh, time, it it changed uh, a lot of things. And then, and, you know, in that personal discovery of, of, you know, my soul's journey, it's like, oh, okay, you know, this just feels good. And then we take a lot of pressure off of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's interesting because it's interesting because there's like this relationship with work Mm -hmm. and I'd love to get your take on this where we need to do like discipline is freedom
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely and we
1: and we and we and the discipline provides how am I doing what am I doing with who am I doing it with and how am I using my time Mm -hmm. and you know and being present in as much of each moment as possible. Um, and that requires a significant amount of work mm-hmm. or am I doing like, what work am I doing? Mm-hmm. And I think that when we start to ask those type of questions, we kind of start to realize like, Oh, I, where do I want to shift my focus? Because otherwise, um, you know, I, I feel like and maybe and maybe people ask you, it's like, oh, leisure. Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, uh, I can just sit around and like do, you know, on I beaches so, and yeah. do this. And it's like, well, yeah. no. Like, we were talking about that the other day. It's like, actually, the creation of your life
0: mm-hmm.
1: is the most. It's the most art. It's the most work you will ever do.
0: It is, it, indeed, right? and it's true. People come to me and they think, oh, so I'm just going to be able to sit around and. You know, <laughs> have cocktails all day or you know no 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 no. you're going to still be booked from from morning to evening uh, but that time slot might have daydreaming in it it might have um, you know, time lunch in the middle of the day with a friend. It's, it's just going to be, you know, different things, um, things that are proven to help make you happy and more successful and more present with your family and, and everything else. But, you know, to what you said earlier, this thing about, you know, the, the job and you know just the holding on too tightly to work. I think is, or at work, I think is probably one of the most difficult things that, that I deal with, with my clients. They just really can't believe that the things that I'm, I'm telling them to do are going to bring about happiness, let alone more success. I mean, I have a client, a a designer, fashion designer in, um, in the UK, and she said the other day or not long ago, she said, um how is it that I am working fewer hours and I'm making more money than I've ever made before? And I said, you're, you're not holding on so tightly. You're, you know, you're happy and you're, you know, your creativity really just soars when, when you're happy and you're not so stressed with the the work and the control and everything.
1: Why do you think I was just writing that down that there's this block
0: mm-hmm.
1: that it seems like most people go through where, um, the relationship with time mm. is skewed where it's like, wait a minute. Cause I, I realized the same. It's like when I'm more intentional and I, I treated my time differently, all my afternoons and evenings are open,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: I'm getting the most done that I've ever gotten done and, and doing better than, than previous years. So it's, it's an interesting, um, oh, you're not, again, you're not taught that in school. Um, there's a lot of things you're not taught in school, (laughs) you know, um, but, but you know, why, why do we, why do, why do people struggle with time? Why do you think people struggle so much with time?
0: You know, I, I have a theory, I don't know for sure, but my theory is that um, productivity culture, like the, the early advents of planners and, you know, schedulers and things like that had us Really, and all the motivational speaking that came along with it, had us believing that the more we worked, the more we planned, the more efficient we were, um, you know, all of those things. The the more money we'd make, the more successful we'd be, and the happier we would be. And I think, to some degree, it was it was helpful. I think, to some degree, you know, there were things that it taught us. But it's now just like a lot of other things gone too far. You know, you don't need to have. I mean, we we now know work doesn't endless work doesn't make people happy. As a matter of fact, the the, the um, four day work week, the experiments on four day work weeks around the world, um, including the country of Iceland. But I thought the most compelling example was Microsoft in Japan, a, a culture that's notorious for overworking. Um, that. It's been a supreme success, you know, that time off really does help us be more productive. Um, So that's my theory is that productivity helped get us here. And I'm now trying to use productivity, reverse productivity, to help get us out of it to some degree with our clients.
1: Hey fam, quick break from the show. Just to let you know, I'm doing a bit more writing on my weekly letter. It's called Permissionless. I talk about all things health, wealth, happiness, and personal fulfillment. As many of you may know, writing is my passion. I love connecting with all of you on that. I would love to see you go subscribe, mattgoddessman.substack.com. Subscribe if you haven't already. And also please remember to leave a rating and review for this podcast on Apple or Spotify as it really helps spread the mission even further. And as the ratings and reviews go up even more, People can learn about what we're doing over here and I really appreciate that and of course if there's someone you think that might be a good fit for coming on the show you can always DM me on Instagram as I always tell you guys DM me at Matt Gosman. you can tag them in the message and I'll be able to look at them and try to connect and I truly love you guys and I just want to say thank you as always please continue to support the show by connecting in all the other ways and now let's get back to it I absolutely love that because, um, when you, I think apply productivity to intentionality Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, and to other areas of our life that Mm -hmm. optimize our, our our whole life, um, our productive output actually goes up. And it wasn't until I started putting such an emphasis on sleep and my Mm -hmm. health, I'm like, oh, my creativity and my cognitive output are much higher,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, I'm able to think clear. You know, and, we, and and health isn't just the exercise and the food we eat; it's the meditation and prayer and journaling and all these different things. Um, I can make decisions faster. Mm-hmm. I can see things clearer. Mm-hmm. My direction is um, is also clearer. So there's a lot of these, um, and it's just, to me, that's, it's fascinating because it's like, oh, wow. Like we actually have access to these, you know, biohacking. (laughs) That's actually kind of partially the purpose of life is to, you know, be healthy in so many different ways outside of just our work, which actually helps um, create even greater work. And, you know, do you think, do you think, well, maybe not currently, but the Mm -hmm. future will offer um, as it shifts into this kind of ideology of, well, you know, let's preserve these other aspects of the, the human um, so their potential in all the other areas can also increase while also preserving and creating them more sustainable yeah. uh, away from all the chaos that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that probably is like, what are you talking about this mumbo jumbo? I don't have time for this. You're like, exactly. <laughs> <I
0: know. laughs> Uh, No, I do think so. um, Mostly because and I'm not a very woo woo kind of coach. You know, I like data a lot. I'm a financial girl. So um, I like data. I like numbers. I like statistics. And I think as science proves more and more um, how much meditation and prayer help us. Um, proves how much more conscious we are in what we consume when we're happy versus when we're sad or angry. One of the things that I do in my financial coaching is I tell people you you can't drink, you can't shop, and you can't text anyone if you're sad, mad, mad. Or or upset. You can call, you can call your trusted circle, but you can't do those things because when we're out of ourselves, when we're not happy, when we're not, you know, we don't don't have that sense of equanimity, which is my favorite word, um, then we are more likely to do things that aren't good for ourselves and they're not good for others. And um, so I do think that as data shows that these things are scientifically proven to help us that more and more people will get on board. I think there's already a great movement of it. I'm um, just, you know, one little piece in the in the puzzle. Um, but I, I do think it will grow over time. And I'm really excited about that. I'm it, it's what gives me hope for my children and my grandchildren and, and for the rest of the world.
1: You know, I I love data and I love no data.
0: Mm-hmm. And what I mean
1: by that is I love that I don't need data to mm-hmm trust a feeling Mm -hmm. but the feeling gets me in the game to get Mm -hmm. the data yeah (laughs) so So the
0: data is what made me start meditating like i started Uh, the american medical associations uh, you know reports on meditation they actually offer it free to medical students um, you know, courses and meditation, I, that's when I was like, all right, I guess I got to try now, you know, <laughs> I guess I have. And, you know, that's been three or four years ago. Now it's been mm-hmm. life-changing really.
1: No, I, uh, I love it. Thank you for your, you know, for the contrast. I love it. And, you know, and, and, um, I, yeah, however anybody gets there, I, that's I like what
0: that. I was going to say, we all have a different road, don't we? But as long as we get there, eventually, yeah. I think that's the important part.
1: Well, I think that's the beauty between, um, spirituality and science i think that they're both very helpful to each other you know and they're
0: so connected they're so they're connected. connected if we yeah. if we would just see business and philosophy and spirituality and happiness and everything as such this Like you said, this masterpiece, if we allow it to be, uh, then I, I think it does, you know, bring about really fulfilled individuals, happier families, happier communities. And, you know, I always say to my clients when they really won't let go of working, you know, 16 hours a day, I'll say, think of somebody that's just starting out. Don't you want them to have an opportunity? You working just eight to 10 hours a day or 12 hours a day now gives somebody else the opportunity to rise in their profession. Or it gives another country, if we're, you know, if we don't try to keep everything to ourselves as Americans, that then maybe gives another country the chance to rise um, in different industries and what have you. So, you know, I, I do think that all of these things are connected business and spirituality and philosophy. And I'm really looking forward to, like I said, more and more people being, being of that mindset.
1: That's probably one of the many reasons I, I loved your account the moment I came across it um, because um, I I had so many people um, <laughs> say, reach out over the last many years. I'm like, it's interesting. I'm like, what they're like, how you've combined business and spirituality and mm-hmm you know, talking about both. And I'm like, tell me how they're separate.
0: Mm-hmm. And exactly. so,
1: and it was an interesting, you know, and then you're adding the dynamic, of course, philosophy. And, and, um, and I, I, you know, I love the idea of, look, if I am a more connected individual, and more understanding of my emotional quotient, and my spiritual, like, I, I, I'm understanding that much more about who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to understand a lot more, that much more about how I'm operating in any other dynamic, both in personal and in business. And so we have better relationships or better management of all of the external world, especially in business. You know, the more I got connected and the more I understood about myself, the better business got or the less, you know whether you didn't like the outcome that happened and you're a victim or, you know, or whatever. It's like, well, no, I I now realize like everything happens. Like I'm, I'm totally accountable. And People are like, well, what if it's not even your fault? I'm like, the behavior of somebody else belongs to the behavior of somebody else. I was like, but I still wasn't a person in the equation there. How did a series of how I got there, that's what I, I became curious about that. And as I became curious about that, that then led into, oh, the the greater I understand myself now, the greater I can recognize when certain situations I'm like, oh, hey, no, actually um I'm not going to let you talk to me that way. I, I don't even talk to me that way. So, you know, we could talk about what's bothering you if you want, you know, <laughs> and just to watch the people's faces be like, well nothing's bothering. I'm like, you sure? Yeah. Like, do you want to, we can, we can have that conversation too. Like it's open, you know, um, or just even disarming people in their own fears. And I think a lot of times, right. That's it.
0: right. That That is a great point. It's just exactly what I was going to say. You know, I think that many of us, most of us, at least, you know, sometimes or other, um, do operate from this place of fear or lack. And, you know, there's, there's not really a lot good that can come from operating from that place because you do put up your defenses and your survival mechanisms kick in and uh, that puts us back into ourselves you know what's best for me and and you know you get that perspective that everybody's out to get you or everybody's going to take care of themselves. And instead, when you kind of let that get curious about why am I feeling that way or why is somebody else feeling that way and start the dialogue about it, then, you know, that's the beginning to saying, okay, yes, there are bad people in the world. We all know that. And they're going to prove themselves. We're we're not going to be tricked. Eventually they're going to come out and we'll know that we've got to protect ourselves against them. But for the most part, most of us are out here just doing the best we can yeah. and, you know, imperfectly at best. And, um, you know, the, the sooner that we can accept that about most people and start operating from this place of, of happiness and abundance and, and acceptance, I think acceptance is super, super key that some things will work out, other things won't, ironically, as I look back on my life now, um, the things that I thought were absolutely horrible when they happened have turned out to be many of the best things that ever happened to me. Some of the best things that have happened to me have ended up being not so great. Um, So, you know, I think, you know, can't be too quick to judge on, on that either and just be grateful for whatever happens because it's bringing something to you one way or another.
1: And that's where we go back to patience and time and being able to connect those dots and and not having to understand everything in the moment. And and I found that the spirituality also helped me in the philosophy, um, take things less personally.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, And
1: that's a big one because when we take things personally, we Tell are. Me when you get to
0: the secret of that one because that I, I actually post that on Instagram quite a lot, and people love that one, you know, about just assume positive intent, basically, because yeah. people are doing the best they can. And people love that one, although there are a few haters on it. Um, <laughs> that's one that I just really try to keep front of my mind all the time is that most people are just out there doing the best they can. And all they want is, you know, what, what you and I want, which is to be happy, to make enough money, to take care of their family and, you know, to, um, to have a life that they enjoy and that they can, you know, feel is meaningful and purposeful.
1: We cannot practice grace Mm -hmm. without the uniqueness of everybody's personality. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> is, that the, that's it. is that the better way to put it you know like
0: it
1: <laughs> you're, you're right do when i look at the people who i clashed with the most in business mm. were they out to get me for the most part no no not no. at all not at all did they have other things going on internally 100 and now that i know that's like looking back i can see that much more of like oh um they had a worthiness issue they had an insecurity, they had a value. Um, I might take their job. I might, they might get figured out that they don't know what they're doing. Um, you know, they're being paid a lot of money. And if they don't make something happen, you know, will they not be validated for being in that title or that role? I mean, you pick, and then let's not forget that they also have a personal life going on. That's also some of it was in chaos. Right. And that's how I started to kind of take things less personal again, because if I know myself the way I know myself, and I actually it was, um, I brought this up on several podcasts now, and I, I always like repeating it. But it was um, a, an actor, a British actor, who was talking at Oxford University, I believe. And he was talking about the relationship we have with ourselves, and he's and he was asking all the the college students like, how many have that best friend that really screwed up royalty, and everybody's like laughing, and he's like, <laughs> I mean, they were wrong, yeah. but like they were very wrong, and you're like, you know what? It happens. You made a mistake. Like, and he's like, and you're so kind to them. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like laughing. They're like, yeah. And they're like, why don't we treat ourselves that way? Right. And once I started having this like relationship with myself, the way I would a best friend mm-hmm. and understanding, you know, hey, I like what you did there or like, Hey, you know, what would you have done differently? Or, um, you know, good for you, like for standing up for that and, and saying that or doing, you know, all these different things that relationship does dictate every other relationship you have. It really does, you know, from in the home to in the work and to the world at large. And we take things, you know, less like, so if somebody's attacking or somebody's whatever, whatever they're going through, it's like, I have empathy. I can only imagine what you're going through. It doesn't belong to me. And like the only real reason that you would be yelling at me, especially to an aware person, like I'm already aware of my mistakes. So like I've already corrected them like five steps ago. So you're not Mm -hmm. gonna tell me anything about me that I haven't already figured out unless I actually came to you and was like, hey, I need you to critique this. And even then those people are usually very, um, they're very like calm about, they're like, oh, uh, have you thought about this or this? And I'm like, I like that. Thank you. It's the ones that (laughs) that yell that you're like, there's something going on there. (laughs) And I actually, I like, I don't care about being in a boardroom and calling it out, but like, what's that about? Yeah. Like, wait, yeah. Uh, nothing of like, oh, it's something. And I was like, and all of us can deal with it together if you'd like.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's your choice, privately or publicly, up to you. Right? No, it's, it's, um, it's very true. And, you know, I, there is, um, there's sleep meditation that I love to fall asleep to, um, mostly because the woman in there says, um, the day is done, and whether you believe it or anybody else believes it, you've done a good job today. Mm-hmm. And every time I hear it, I think, why don't I tell myself that more often? You know, good job today, good job, because you're right. To everyone else, I mean, I'm I'm the number one. I'm I am the like eternal cheerleader. I I love like rooting people on and celebrating other people's successes and you know, just, I just love it. That's probably my favorite thing in the world, but I'm, I'm just rife to do it for myself. And so every night I think, okay, tomorrow I'm going to be my own cheerleader. And do I do it the next day? No, I get up immediately thinking, ah, you forgot this. Oh, you didn't do this. So no, I, I think the kinder we are to ourselves, then definitely the kinder we can be to others. And, um, and it's, you know, a very old Southern saying, I know most people have heard it, but my grandmother used to always say, you know, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. And it's so true. You're nice. People are nicer to you. And that just has like the domino effect.
1: And I I found that profoundly true. And I think again, where, you know, when I hear when people say like, well, my niceness got Taken advantage of and I'm like, mm, okay, I think there might be some other things in there. I was like, no, nice is also honest. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, well, if somebody started to do something you didn't like, can you just be like, hey, and can you be nice and say, you know what? Um, that doesn't really resonate with me. And uh, you know, I don't really appreciate that, you know. Um, so you know, I'd like to talk about that and have an honest conversation and just call it out.
0: It's you know. so true. I mean, even even when I had to let people go on jobs and things like that, I I just never felt like there was a reason to be disrespectful, you know, to find a way to say these are the things that are great, but it's just not the right fit for the role, and you know, leave them with their dignity, and yeah. you know, I am I'm known I'm kind of. The biggest knock and against me and my family is that I'm too nice, that I I've never, no one's ever heard me yell, no one's ever, you know, heard me call a name or anything like that. But I just really believe that, you know, when you're kind to other people and you treat them with respect, you can say almost anything to your yeah. early point. I can, I can what I think is criticism, I can criticize people. Um, but if I deliver it correctly, then, you know, they're going to be open, hopefully to a dialogue, which ends up then bettering our relationship instead of ending the relationship, whether it's professional or personal and everything really has to be, you know, a win win for both sides. Otherwise it's time to let it go and let them find their tribe. You find your tribe and, um, and everybody is, is much happier than again, trying to hold on to things that aren't meant for you.
1: I think that that's where flexibility comes in. Um, We can get so tied to like, I have to make this thing work.
0: Yeah.
1: No, you don't. Yep. In fact, if anything, can you practice letting go?
0: Mm -hmm. The world would be a much happier place if more of us could do that. And I think that's really where meditation has helped me much. And, And my meditation life has changed my prayer life. Uh, i am somebody that practices traditional a traditional religion um but it's it's changed my prayer life as well because i don't now go in asking for a whole long list of things i come in thanking and saying and whatever comes you know yeah
1: uh, that's it. such a, such a good point you know i um in my I, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm a weird anomaly, even in the traditional religious sense. Um, mm-hmm. I absolutely love my relationship with God, mm-hmm. but I don't come at it from necessarily, even though I, I'm around amazing religious leaders who are very open and spiritual. Um, but yeah. It,
0: the other day, a couple of rabbis and some of the, yeah. the wisdom mm-hmm. that they had imparted to you, I was, I was really quite moved. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, and and it's funny, I was was in LA recently, and uh, a few of them, uh, a few Orthodox rabbis said, like, I've been reading your content. I said, yeah, Mm -hmm. and they go, it's interesting. And I said, well, Mm -hmm. they go, you're basically speaking Torah and Bible Mm -hmm. without really, you know, I mean, like, you know, you study and you, you know, you work with so-and-so and so-and-so and you, you know, you guys have like your weekly, you know, like, but you're not like, like you realize you're, you're basically speaking Torah and Bible. And I said, it's my soul. Mm-hmm. So that's my connection,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
1: And they said, and they, and they dug it. They like, they like that. You know, they like, it's cool because they said, you're, you're appealing to all people. And that's the goal. I
0: that said, goal. yeah.
1: I was like, I don't want to represent one group. I want to represent all. Yeah. And, in in where you can all connect you know but to your exact point I said that I had to learn I used to ask for things as if I knew what was best mm-hmm. until I realized what don't I know, <laughs> you know? And then, and then that changed my prayer and I was like okay you know what let yeah. me reframe how I'm gonna ask is like whatever you think is best yeah. It, this is what I'm feeling called to. Can you help facilitate? And it changed my relationship. And I, you know, when I was telling these rabbis, I said, I don't ever want to find myself in mechanical prayer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to do things because I'm told to do them or that because that we're supposed to do them. I want to do it out of the knowledge of connecting further and further with myself mm-hmm. and having the relationship I have with myself with God and actually be like, yo, uh, he's a mentor and a friend and a, and a, and a father. And like, and like, you know, and having this kind of dialogue. And I, I saw somebody actually post that the other day, how they said that they couldn't, for many years, they couldn't hear God um, mm-hmm. because of like a lot of the,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I think the nuances with like religion and all these things and, and, and religion is beautiful, you know, when we can kind of get a, out of the, the man-made stuff um, and uh, into like the, you know, into that connection. And, um, and he said that once you start trying to have that conversation and you practice it, it becomes louder and louder and louder, and it's so true. And you could just hear it. And I, I feel like God just has this incredible sense of humor because it's <laughs> so simple. You ask a question, it's like,
0: I know. Yeah,
1: that actually makes sense. And then, and then you know, and then you, you. I mean, I even, I had even had a moment where I was, I was so upset. It was like about two weeks ago. I was so sad. I was like mad, you know. And then about twenty minutes later, I'm like, I'm sorry, God.
0: My yeah. apologies. And I can feel
1: God be like, Yeah, I it's apologize. okay. Yeah. yeah, of course. And I'm like. And that's how grace is, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, like always calm, always connected, always, even when we're not, then it's like, you almost learn this direct relationship with yourself, with God. And then isn't that how we end up behaving with others? It's,
0: you know? it's so dead on. And what you're describing really is that sense of equanimity that, you know, I'm going to be fine, whatever comes my way. And I've got these things that help me, my faith, that things do, you know, turn out for the best, um, that I'm going to do my best, that others are going to be around to help me if I've cultivated relationships. So that's why, you know, when we talk about faith, and I I love what you said about you want to be here for everyone. That's how I feel. You you don't notice a lot of my religious tendencies on philosophy of leisure, just because I have so much respect for every religion. And for people who practice their religion um, or who practice a philosophy, Stoicism, I think, has really, you know, had a moment in and I can see why, because it is so clear and concise. And I I really respect, you know, whatever you place your faith and practice in, um, because I think that they all have the same eternal truths woven in them. They all say similar things mm-hmm. and get to the point. And, you know, I don't know that, that, you know, I'm, I'm getting more and more convinced that somehow there's going to be, you know, a unification of, of all the religions and all the philosophies, um, that takes us to another level. And, you know, now I'm getting way off track here from, no, from I our- love
1: it. I love it. And this <laughs> happens on this podcast all the time. And, <laughs> and by the way, the audience loves it because
0: a <laughs> tangent to learn, right? No, you um, Oh, but, you know, I do just just feel like, you know, it it religion is always and faith has always kind of gotten this rap about how it can tear us apart, but I think it can unify us as well. Again, as long as there's respect amongst, mm-hmm. you know, all the, the various belief systems.
1: I you know, I had chills when you're talking about it. I am in complete alignment with you on that. And that was actually what this one young rabbi had said to me. He goes, What I like about you is that even though you're from a one culture um you're talking to all cultures and i said well yeah and he goes yeah but even in our own culture when we talk about the the ultimate we mm-hmm. talk about that all cultures are actually in with connection to themselves yeah. and i was like yeah and he goes that's fascinating to think about that you know because typically within one culture they the the content stays within the culture mm-hmm. you're actually representing it on a more of a mass scale for what the belief of the hope of like that for all mankind I was like well yeah I was like I mean I wasn't thinking about it to the, the grandiose scheme that you are and he's like I think you should and I was like wow that you know it was it was just it was nice and it's exactly what you're saying which you know yeah and, and I said look I just like the whole picture the mm-hmm. whole thing and I've had so many different religions reach out at the of people of culture, say, I love the way you talk about God. And yeah. like, and that it's interesting that like you don't separate any of it. I'm like, well, if I'm not separate from myself and I'm not separate from God, mm-hmm. I don't want to separate the people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I and but I want each person to have that own individual, you know, connection. Yeah. You know, so um, and you know, they said, Well, it's interesting. And I said, Well, I want to see what what happens when you put the whole picture together versus just this, the parts that get edited and get, you know,
0: <laughs> that's, the best part. that's the best part. I love that, that I kind of want to see how the story ends too, you know, but we're just part of the story. We, we may not get to see the end. My late husband used to say, you know, he couldn't wait to, to get where he was going. So he could ask the guy with the big book of all the answers, so many questions. And that was one of them, you know, like which religion is, is right. Or which faith practice or whatever and uh, spiritual practice. And I said, you know, they're all right. They're, they're all right and they're all wrong to some degree as well. Um, but just this, this idea that it could, you know, bring us all together and there could be unity in it in some way, I think is again, another one of those things that gives me hope for, for the world and for my, my um, children and grandchildren and friends and family.
1: you know, and when I think about the philosophy of leisure and I think about taking steps back to go further in. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, these are some of the things that help everything else that we do bring to life in this world, right? And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, again, I I just, I I love everything that you're taking and saying, you know, hey, humanity, (laughs) I need you to... Shift, <laughs> different, like you know. Yeah, we call uh, it the
0: you know. big shift. But yeah, uh, you know, the philosophy of leisure was actually written by Joseph Pfeiffer, who was a German uh, philosopher. He was Catholic, mm-hmm. and his his thought process really was that without leisure, there's no time for contemplation of religion. There's no time for contemplation. So it's it's actually a faith based philosophy. Mm-hmm. However, again, you choose to practice your faith. Um, but it had so many different applications to work and, and to, you know, social media, trying to manage 4,000 friends on social. I mean, just the, the overness of everything really was stripping away all of the joy in people's lives. And so that's why we, we chose, and I've got to give a shout out to, to Caitlin at copy and corked and Katie at drop cap design. Um, The three of us really worked together on, on the branding, on the name, on the design, um, all sorts of things. And, you know, we all really came together with this idea that you get those things straight Mm -hmm. and, everything else cascades downwards from the individual to the family, to the community, to the planet. Um, and we're, we're loving, I mean, you know, we've, we've been around for a year and I know I must thank my followers on Instagram far too much, but it's really resonated. And we've, we've been just overwhelmed by the amount of support we've gotten. So we do think that there are a lot of people on the same page.
1: Oh, yeah. it's only the beginning
0: So happy to meet you all as well
1: (laughs) yeah i i it's the same it's you know i i love um when people come and they go this feels like home (laughs) and you're like welcome you know like you do get me oh i get you yes (laughs) yes we do you know um what have been some of the your your you've got some great authors that you've quoted on there you already know mm. a few of my favorite, but who have, who have been some of? Obviously, you love all of them, of course. Otherwise, it wouldn't be <laughs> on there. But like, who have there been a few that stand out more than others that you love? You know, love. Um,
0: um, I do love Arthur Brooks. Um, he is a, a Harvard professor now. He you know was was in a different um, fields before in economics actually, but he has um, a great column in the Atlantic. It's called how to build a happy life or how to build or how to um, start over. He's also got a podcast and I think they're just amazing, amazing lessons. His new book is incredible. I actually quoted several times from it. So I enjoy his work. Um, I do read a lot of philosophy across all disciplines just because I think that that's, um, you know, I like differing points of views. I, I'm not somebody that's really bothered by, you know, the conservative view versus the liberal view. I want to take it all in because I think uh, the balance, the yin and yang is what makes you know the best kind of decisions. Um, and then as we talked about the other day, you know, I, I love Naval Ravikant. I think <laughs> that for somebody that's been as successful he as he has been, um, he's really got just a, also a solid understanding of living an intentional life and and staying close to kind of what the natural rhythms of human beings are you know being near nature um, having the arts in your life whether it's music or art Um, you know he he really speaks to me on a lot of different topics Um, so those are probably uh, in along with Joseph Pfeiffer who I I really love his stuff and then uh, Bertrand Russell oh yeah so yeah he's another great one that I think we took a lot from in designing the site. So, as just as religion, you know, we think there are good ideas everywhere, and and we're not you know ashamed to borrow them and to build on them and yeah. try and just keep the cause moving um, in the direction. You know, pull on the oars along with everyone else.
1: You know, I had somebody say this the other day, and I hadn't thought about it that way, but I was naturally doing it, which is what you do. Where we pull on these ideas of other authors. Mm-hmm. Um, they were saying how somebody basically said. I love how sometimes you'll take someone's content, you know, and you credit them and Mm -hmm. then you take it further. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: Mm -hmm. I, I, but it was the way that they had said, it It was like, you take it further and you um, take it. And sometimes it's you give it a whole new life to it. I'm like,
0: look at it differently. And yeah, that's, that's the inspiration. You know, you don't want to copy other people, but when you are inspired by somebody and then be a different perspective to it you know I really believe that that's what furthers the world that's you know what what's the saying that each generation stands on the shoulders of the generation before so you know that's what we do today too we're all if we're doing it right we're all just furthering the conversation and there it is and walking one another home as they say Yeah.
1: yeah it's one of my favorite uh Um, quotes, right? Uh, We're all just walking each other home. Mm -hmm. And it's also became a little bit of a philosophy Mm -hmm. where in an interaction, you know, whether it be in, and I tell this to people um, in dating uh, or like in relation, personal relationships or in business relationships, like, look, we're coming together and we're hopefully going to do the walk together. And if we're not, can we at least assist each other on the walk as the catalyst for getting each other where we have to go Mm -hmm. and that's respect. And that's actually real love, like real love. Unconditional love is actually doing the right thing, not the controlled thing. It's like, oh, you know, if I really love you, Mm -hmm. I'm showing up from making the best possible decisions and from my gut and from my soul. And, you know, if in this interaction, we realize we're not for each other in business or in life. Mm-hmm. can we help each other um, on the way to where we're going can we help walk each other home on our journey
0: um, it's a great great quote in a book i read recently and it was um love people don't need them yeah yeah because when we need them and we put those expectations on yes. them it isn't really love to your brain. right when we take away that need in our own agenda, then we can just really love them and do what's best for them.
1: Yeah. That has created some of the greatest legs of the journey for mm-hmm. me in more yeah. recent years, for sure. Yeah. And it's and it's funny because it catches sometimes, I've found most have been aligned with it, but every now and then you get some people who are like, it's a newer concept, but they appreciate it, but you can yeah. tell that it's still like new. <laughs> You're like, Oh, you know, I'm like, Oh, well, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's a practice and the ego can yeah. definitely get in the way. <laughs> of course the ego can get in the way, you know, <laughs> of course it can, yeah. you know, but, um, but it's necessary.
0: It is. And, and they you know, may be, you know, at a different point further ahead than you are in other areas. So if we can all way. each and learn from one another, then, you know, I, I know that I've referenced him several times, but my late husband used to wear glasses to read. I need glasses for distance. So we used to say between us, we had a perfect set of eyes. Well, I think that's true in most of our relationships and communally and everything else that if, if we all pull our resources and mm-hmm. um, yes, I am a capitalist. I know that I'm sounding a little Marxist here, but if, you know we all pull our resources and add our skills and talents, then that makes a complete society. Um, but it takes everybody. It really takes everybody putting in what they can put in.
1: Some would say that's conscious capitalism, which you and I, I we talked I, about earlier. I, you, know, you know, I
0: love <laughs> the cuddly capitalism of the of the Nordic countries. Yep. Um,
1: you know, and so I, um, it's funny because uh, you got me thinking about the, the capitalism, but I, I was, uh, oh, um, you know, from one of those rabbis, I heard a very interesting, you know, he was talking about the the end result of how he ended up with his, his wife and he, he's like you know I love Matt that you don't believe in perfections I was like well no I'm like the imperfections are where the beauty's at and he said and the key is he's like and he was talking about his wife and he said her problems and my problems were a perfect fit
0: yep.
1: her problems helped me elevate in my soul what I needed to work on and my problems elevated in her soul what her soul needed it was a perfect fit when you have perfect problems or perfect resources for each other to like you know, develop even further than you could by yourself,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're winning, you know, that's,
0: that's really walking one another home. That's, that's really, really
1: walking one another home. That's
0: the definition of it right there.
1: Yeah. So yeah. boom. <laughs> like
0: <that>.
1: so perfect. <laughs> um, what, what do you have coming up? Is there anything in particular that you're really excited about that's, that's coming to fruition or um, next chapter within the philosophy of leisure?
0: Yeah, thanks for asking. We um we have a few things where the Katie and and Caitlin, the dream team, are kind of doing a, an audit of the site right now. We'll probably you know change a few colors. Nothing nothing major, but um, we might shake things up a bit. Um, we're going to have a course come out. It's it's taken a few iterations, and sadly, during part of the journey, um, the company that I was working with, the founder, super super successful founder. Um, suddenly became ill and passed away very young. Um, So we kind of recalibrated, but as everything does, our content needed to change a bit too. So the extra time we've had, I think is, is going to be, you know, really, really a a good thing in the long run. Um, So we've got a course coming out either fourth quarter or early first quarter that, you know, for people that don't need, you know, one-on-one coaching, they don't, they're not looking to turn around their whole career or, or start a new business or things like that. then They'll have access to that course and then probably a paid newsletter. Um, the one thing that I get asked for a lot is, could I please write more? And I've been coaching far, far more than I expected I would be. So, you know, trying to find that balance and, and doing, you know, a, a weekly newsletter on Substack or something like that will probably be. I'll say thank you very much. I appreciate that endorsement. <laughs> So those are the things coming up and just trying to learn more. I mean, you know, as I said, when we were just getting started, I thought I knew everything when I was 20 and um, here I am now going, gosh, I still don't know everything entering my 60th year. I don't know anything, Um, but I guess that's, that's wisdom. So I'm just trying to learn as much as I can from, you know, every generation, what they knew and, and all the wisdom that they have to impart.
1: I love that. Was it Aristotle? I know that, which I do not know everything. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know something like that exactly. right? and yeah. it's so true more true yeah. every day. <laughs> you know we we get older and the more we know the more we don't know you're mm-hmm. like uh oh, that makes sense you know um, I,
0: I don't even know what i don't know that's that's yeah. the hard part and yeah. i finally have accepted that and it kind of makes life a little bit more of an adventure when you just yeah. say what am i going to learn today this is great
1: that's exactly it and i and i definitely think the more writing i love doing the substack and the re- the weekly writing it's um it's like therapy for me um having haven't done in the paid yet. Uh, I'd like to turn some aspect of it into paid. I'd love to, you know, we'll, we we'll, I'm sure talk about that. Um, okay. um, just for the ones that want just that like kind of deeper relationship or, you know, however it might go, but it is such therapy. I love doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, excited for you for all these things and, and yeah, you know, we're, I love the creator economy when business especially is injected into and it, it's like, hey, here are different ways of doing things that are easier and more affordable than, you know, the traditional, uh, you know, route, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> you know, um, because we are in um, new territory. Yeah. And it's, uh, we, we have to reshape and rebuild and help create for the future. So I love yes, that you're doing I all these things. Story.
0: Exciting new territory too. Right. So many new and different opportunities for so many people, and I know we have challenges, but I also believe that we're up to the task. So yeah, plenty of work for everybody. Plenty of work to go around.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, people always say, "Well, when will you finish?" I'm like, "When I die." <laughs> They're like, "Oh," and I'm like, "I think it's the same for all of us." <laughs> like, like, well, okay, and I'm like, "Yeah." So you know, if you woke up today, what a blessing. Yes. you got to keep going, you know, uh, Dan, this is incredible. I, I can't believe it's actually been an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, it uh, goes by fast, right? It, does, it, goes by. it really does. I know like you, um,
0: you do make one feel very welcome. So thank you for making it easy. As I said, I had had several requests, but because you were the very first person that asked me last year and we just hadn't been able to connect. I, I, uh, didn't want to do any other podcasts before I um, did yours? So, thank you for making it easy for me. I really appreciate it. It's been lovely to get to know you better this week as well. Oh,
1: thank you. You heard it here first, everybody. She came here first. She came- <laughs> no, I, I absolutely. Again, I appreciate you. I appreciate your work, and um, it's needed on a lot of levels. I, I like having, you know, multiple generations talking about, you know, from this kind of from where we're heading and using, you know, life and experience and able to, um, you know, say, Hey, if I can help walk you home a little bit better,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: let's, let's have that conversation. And I think that that's, that's a big proponent of how we're going to, you know, kind of, rebuild (laughs) we're gonna you know moving forward you know at this point right and so I, i just think it's so important you know and um i i always i always it's always interesting when you hear so many different generations like call each other generations out i'm like you know you all fundamentally need each other and you know you all fundamentally have exactly the same things you know just repackaged differently right <laughs> <You know? laughs> so it's and then you know and you see one generation blame another generation I'm like well, didn't you birth that generation <laughs> and they're like well yeah and I'm like and aren't you kind of responsible as the parent they're like well yeah and I'm like so where's the disconnect you know <laughs> so I like when we take um just so many so much wisdom you know and experience and kind of help that help everybody to come so thank you so much um i say this to everybody that comes on the podcast you're welcome back on anytime because it is a journey driven podcast so um a good 20 percent have taken you know that uh, maybe less no actually a lot less maybe about 10 percent have you know 15, something like that, have taken it. And I I love the round twos. So you're
0: welcome.
1: (laughs) It's great because you go even further and, you you know, uh, and you pick like a new subject and you're like, where are we going to dive into now? You know, (laughs) so.
0: With um, so many different directions we could go. Oh, yeah. So much alignment.
1: Yeah, and as you have, you know, new things coming out, you know, please feel free to use uh, this outlet as a means to letting more people know about oh, you know, right your time. work. Thank
0: you. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's important. I think it's just it's important for uh, because there's a lot of people who could use your help or the course or the coaching or whatever it might be, um, and uh, you know, so as an outlet, it's good for people to know resources yeah. um, that they're not alone. <laughs> you know, they're not going to be alone forever, and yeah. you know, that you know that they that there's there's means out there. So. Yeah. yeah. Exactly amazing. Well, thank um, you
0: very, very much. Like I said, I really appreciate it. And it's, it's, it's really been lovely to, to meet you and to get to know you, better, Matt. You do um, great work and may you long continue.
1: Thank you. God bless me. your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> My
0: grandmother used to say that. <laughs>
1: Fine. So um, where, where can everybody find you online?
0: So you can find us online at philosophyofleisure.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, most of the usual places, Philosophy of Leisure, and Deanne Chomiak on LinkedIn as well.
1: Thank you so much, Deanne, for being here. I, t- I truly appreciate it uh, for everybody listening. Uh, Philosophy of Leisure, you cannot miss it <laughs> on Instagram, on uh Uh, Facebook on LinkedIn, uh, philosophyofleisure.com and, uh, you know, reach out to Deanne if you guys have some questions you need looking for some coaching or, uh, you know, she's got her courses coming up, you know, ask about it, you know, she can give you more updates on it. And of course, I'll put all the the, your links and stuff in the show notes so everybody can find you and, um, you know, and uh, for everybody listening you know um as much as you know we uh sometimes get stuck in what seems like chaos it's actually sometimes the catalyst so you know perhaps a break from the system <laughs> you know allows I, I put that on my sub segue i said a, a break from the system allows us you know to kind of you know expand our mission right expand what we're here to do so um so for everybody listening uh for Deanne chomak for myself matt goddessman for household separately We are out.